0: You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Hello, and welcome again to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Episode 94 of Season 3, Episode 159. Of the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. It's July 8th, 2021. We're going to talk about Michael Brendan Doherty's Critical Race Theory's Metaphysics, an article he just recently published in National Review. It was sent to me by my cousin, longtime collaborator in writing, partner in crime, Micah Hirschberger. And it is surprising. And I'll explain why that is. But before I get into that article, I want to tell you that the website for And This Is Why We Homeschool, as well as the whole series, this is going to be, God willing, a series of books, not just a book, not just a one-off, flash in the pan, here's a book about homeschooling, good luck, the website for And This Is Why The Series is live now, as of last night. Thank you so much to Bobby McPherson or Robert McPherson as he sometimes prefers to be called. The website looks great. Great work. I apologize for how long it took because I just seemed to be busy every time we were going to get together and talk more about what to do with this and what to do with that and finish this part. And it just really dragged on and that was on me that uh, it did take so long. But it's up now. It looks great. And this is thisiswhy.us. Very simple Domain to remember, and this is why.us. That's all you got to put in. And eventually, God willing, we'll update and we'll expand and build out that website to where it has room for, and this is why we got married, and this is why we had children, and this is why we go to church. But for right now, it is the homepage for, and this is why we homeschool. My first book, which I published at the very, very tail end of 2020. The cherry on top, if you will, of an otherwise trying year was getting my first book published. So go and check out the website. See what you think. Let me know if uh, you find it broken ever. Please share it with friends and family who are homeschooling or are considering homeschooling or are grappling with that question because the intention here is for this to be a resource, for it to be a resource for people who are considering homeschooling, who are homeschooling, and they are wondering, is this too difficult? Did I make the wrong call? Should I stay at it? Why am I doing this? Why should I do this? Why am I doing this? This is a book about why you should homeschool. There are plenty of books out there about how to do it. This is a book about why you should do it. So enough about that. Let's move into Michael Brendan Dougherty's Critical Race Theory as Metaphysics. I won't read the entire article, For you, Sometimes I do that, but I'll just read some snippets for you so we can get the general flavor. And with the time that I have this morning, we will talk through some of the key points that he's making here. Because this is good. This is a really good sign that National Review is picking this up and talking about it and moving the ball forward. That means something, but first off, he writes... It might be time to admit that education is an induction into a metaphysical and moral world view. That's a big statement. You're a little late to the game, but better late than never. Welcome. (laughs) Come on in. We have t-shirts. We have a website, actually. Uh, It might be time to admit that education is an induction into a metaphysical and moral world view. That's the entire premise of our homeschooling and my book about why we homeschool is that this is a metaphysical and moral worldview that you're transmitting for better or worse. D'arty writes, the balance of opposition to critical race theory in schools is not led by people who have an alternative comprehensive vision of education and schooling. It's led primarily by people who inchoately and inconsistently believe in John Dewey's vision for public schooling as an institute meant to mutually assimilate diverse children to each other and to provide a civic and social touchstone. They want school to give their kids a few critical skills, extracurriculars to support the development of character, to prepare the brightest pupils for college, to give all students a basic familiarity with each other, and to inculcate broad allegiance to a loosely defined American civic creed. But an allegiance to even a loosely defined American civic creed can only be the product of a broad consensus about the goodness of America itself, the basic terms of the American project of self-government and the like. Political polarization is dissolving that consensus. Progressives who have disproportionate representation in the culture forming institutions of schools and mass media have abandoned the broad center for their transformative agenda. Okay. So this is a little tepid, to be fair. Mr. Doherty, National Review, thank you for touching on the subject. Good try. Try again. Better luck next time. Let's be a little bit more clear. You're you're being tepid, and you're testing the waters, and you're being conservative in your conservatism. You're not being fully honest. It's a little bit more than that. This is not dissolving, it's dissolved. It's not going, it's gone. It has been the case for a long time that education is an induction into a metaphysical and moral worldview. The fact that you're beginning to realize it, maybe, and you don't even say definitely, you say it might be time to admit. Whether you admit it or not, it is the case. Whether you Recognize it out loud. This is what is going on. Your internal dialogue, your emotional condition, your readiness and willingness to concede reality is beside the point. This Mack truck has been barreling down the highway at 80 miles an hour for quite some time. It might be time to admit that education is an induction into a metaphysical and moral worldview. It's been time to do that since education first became a thing. Since forever, that has always been the case. Y'all just haven't been thinking very clearly about it because it was too convenient to send your children off to public schools. I'm sorry, it was too convenient and you were too self-indulgent and the wealthier class, dual income earning American conservatives who read National Review. They were just as guilty as the progressives. They thought that if there was this broad consensus, it can't be as bad as all that. Our children will be exposed to ideas that we disagree with. Yes, they might even rebel against us on some things, but eventually they'll come around. I believe it was Winston Churchill who once famously said that if you are not a liberal when you are young then you have no heart. But if you are not a conservative, when you get older, you don't have a brain. And so a lot of these dual-income-earning households in America, these upper-middle-class conservative Americans who read National Review to get the broad consensus, they thought, if my children become progressives, Eventually, they'll come around and they'll be conservatives again. Only, maybe they won't, actually. What if they don't? What if each successive generation is increasingly progressive and gives away just a little more, a little more, a little more of our conservative heritage? Moving on. The article says, But what strikes me about the forms of critical pedagogy that are leaking into publication is that they go so far beyond taking a more critical view of the American founding. The National Education Association. The National Education Association, emphasis added. For example, adopted resolutions committing itself to the project of critical race theory and producing a report, quote, that requires empire, white supremacy, anti-blackness, anti-indigenity, indigeneity. That must be anti-indigenous persons. I've never seen that word before. Racism, patriarchy, cis-heteropatriarchy, capitalism, ableism, anthropocentrism, and other forms of power and oppression at the intersections of our society. Christopher Rufo reported on a school district in North Carolina that put its teachers through training in the new forms of anti-racism, Quote, at the first session, Whiteness in Ed Spaces, school administrators provided two handouts on the norms of whiteness. These documents claimed that white cultural values include denial, fear, blame, control, punishment, scarcity, and one-dimensional thinking. According to notes from the session, the teachers argued that whiteness perpetuates the system of injustice and that the district's whitewashed curriculum was doing real harm to our students and educators. The group encouraged white teachers to challenge the dominant ideology of whiteness and disrupt white culture in the classroom through a series of transformative interventions. (sighs) All right. So this is not going. This is gone. This is not maybe, possibly, sort of, kind of, if you feel like it, it could be time to admit that we have a problem. This is, you are in denial still, obviously. You're not taking this seriously enough. The only reason you publish this article might just be that it finally is beginning to disrupt your happy, comfortable, upper middle class life. It's finally starting to impact you negatively, and so now you're taking it seriously because it is dealing with, it is addressing, it is disrupting the very most po- important thing in your life, which is you. You're a selfish person. And I'm maybe presuming too much about Michael Doherty, That is the situation for all too many conservative Americans who, on the one hand, espouse conservative principles, but with their most precious resource, their most precious area of stewardship, their children. They're content to send their children off to be indoctrinated in progressivism, in statism, in leftism. It's become ugly and obvious now what this is, but it should have been, for those who were principled, it should have been obvious before. Horror vacui, as I put it in my book. Nature abhors a vacuum. So when you remove a godly and conservative worldview, what you get filling that vacuum is not nothing. It's not faith, trust, and pixie dust. What you get filling that vacuum is another idea. And the other idea that is inherent to the American public education system that John Dewey embraced and instituted and insisted on is predicated on statism. It's predicated on statism. It's not a byproduct. It is the main product. It is not a bug. It is a feature of the public education system that it is designed to make, and I quote, slaves out of 99 in 100 of its subjects. It came from Prussia. It came from Frederick the Great and his father, who instituted this system to try and make an obedience factory, put the raw materials of young children in the one end, and what you'll get out the other end is these refined, obedient, subservient, unquestioning children who become soldiers, who become factory workers, who do what they're told, who listen to their betters, who don't have moral qualms. Because Wilhelm, Frederick Wilhelm, did not think highly of organized religion. He was a product of the Enlightenment and a bit of a militarist and megalomaniacal, power-hungry autocrat, a little bit. So that's the education system, the model of education that progressives, John Dewey and the progressives embraced, and whether you recognize that that leopard was stalking in the grass the past century, whether our parents and grandparents recognized that that big cat was waiting for its opportunity to pounce, that has been the case, that has been the case. Education is always inherently metaphysical. You cannot have only a physical education without there being an implication, even by silence, regarding the metaphysical. And I do talk about this in my book, that when you do not include any reference to the Christian worldview in your explanation of origins, in your explanation of biological processes, in your explanation of natural phenomena and your explanation of how did we get here, why are we, get, why, why are we here, what is our purpose for being here, how should we treat one another, how should we think of ourselves, how should we think of God, if you don't enter into any of that whatsoever, the unspoken message that screams as loud as anything possibly could is that that is irrelevant. If you can do science, math, writing, character formation, Without any mention of God, without any mention of the Christian religion, without any mention of divine revelation and accountability, then those things are irrelevant and unnecessary and worthless. By their being excluded from the process, you are saying you reject them, and that the children who are being raised up in that system should reject them as well. It's tacit, it's by default. What fills that space is not nothing, it is something. And increasingly we're seeing that this bad tree is bearing bad fruit on a massive and nation-destroying scale. When America falls apart because we are unrepentant, stiff-necked, stubborn, willful, self-absorbed, short-sighted people, it's going to negatively impact all of those upper middle class folks who, when Marxists march in the street and they chant, eat the rich, they have those folks in mind. They're not necessarily the rich. They certainly don't think of themselves as the rich, upper middle class. You make, what, $150,000 a year, $200,000 a year, maybe. That's not rich. You're not Bill Gates, you're not Warren Buffett, yeah, but to the homeless kid who grew up on the streets without a father and was raised by the public schools to be uh, enthusiastic in his embrace of critical race theory, critical theory, which implies that all inequity it doesn't imply I'm sorry, that's an error. it insists it doesn't imply it's not a byproduct, it's the main product, it's not a bug, it's a feature. Critical theory insists that inequity is proof of oppression and injustice. So the upper middle class man and his wife, whose children go off to school, they enjoy a nice cozy existence, a nice house in a nice suburb, pleasant social gatherings on a regular basis, late model cars. They're not rich. They're not Lamborghini trips to Europe and Asia and Africa four times a year, rich. But to the trained Marxist who believes in critical theory, who believes in critical race theory, they're close enough. They have something that he doesn't have and that inequity implies that they have been benefiting from this inherently corrupt, systemically racist system. So eat the rich means them. And the terrifying thing is When your own children start chanting, eat the rich, and start decrying you for thought crimes, start decrying you for racist microaggressions, that is terrifying. That's some really dark stuff. Even National Review, as tepid as they sometimes can be, and I've enjoyed the National Review from time to time. They don't always get it wrong, even though they don't always get it right, and even though they're too conservative in their conservatism most of the time, even the National Review is saying, we might want to consider manning the lifeboats here. Or, maybe not, right? They're still not there. They're still not sold. Is it as bad as all that? Is it as bad as needing to leave? Michael Brendan Doherty, senior writer at National Review Online, doesn't go quite that far. He doesn't quite say, hey guys, you should get your kids out. I should get my kids out. He stops short of that. He's just going to talk about the problem. As conservatives in this country very often do, just talk about the problem. Let's just talk about it. And then do what? Are you convincing yourself that you've done something just in talking about it? Or were you going to actually do something about it? That should be the aim and the end of talking about it is actually doing something about it at the end of all this talk. For instance, you could homeschool your kids. For instance, you could buy my book, and this is why we homeschool, to try and talk you into it. For instance, if you know somebody who is considering homeschooling or they are homeschooling and could use some encouragement, you could get them a copy of my book. Get out. Enough of the tepid half-measures. Get out. Get out. Not in five years, now, not in the future. Yesterday wouldn't have been soon enough. Do it now. It's the summer, it's the fall, before you know it. And your kids need an education. That's undeniable. Homeschooling is not no education. Homeschooling is what you make it. But your kids need an education. Maybe you should think about it. I'm not saying homeschooling is the only way to get your kids out of this nonsense machine. There may be a very fine private school, parochial school in your area, in which case I would encourage you, I would implore you to explore that if at all you possibly can. Teachers unions across the country are pushing this hard. They are circling the wagons. They are conspiring together figuring out how to shut parents up. If you think, hey, my kids are in the school and the school is starting to roll out the critical race theory stuff and I'll just go to the parent-teacher's conference when I see, is this really as bad as all that? And I'll object and other people will object if we have to and then the school will listen to us. No, no, they won't. I'm sorry. Watch some videos of that being tried already here recently. They won't. They won't listen to you. Teachers unions are circling the wagons. They're going to enforce rigid uniformity within the public education system, within public educators, within the government educrat class. You will sign this oath of fealty. You will sign this loyalty oath to the doctrine of critical race theory, critical theory. You will help us promote Marxism. We're so close. Turn the children against the system and watch it crumble. This is not a new idea. It's not a new tactic. The Nazis did it. That's what Hitler Youth was about. The communists in China did it. Mao had parents terrified that their children were going to turn them in for having inappropriate entries in their thought journals. Everybody had to keep a thought journal. And if you said or thought something that was anti-revolutionary, counter-revolutionary, the whole community would gather around you and scream at you until they broke you psychologically, destroyed you socially. They would kick and beat and scratch and claw you possibly to death, possibly just until you were crippled by the blows in all ways, mentally, emotionally, physically. This is not a joke. This is not a drill. This is not maybe kind of sort of, if you feel like it, when you get around to it, enjoy it while it lasts. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. If that is the best we can do, is maybe kind of sort of recognize that Education is a metaphysical and moral worldview, creating enterprise. If that's the best we can do, perhaps, we have what's coming to us. We've grown fat and complacent. But I, for one, am going to keep having and raising children so that somebody is able to rebuild civilization from the ashes on the other end of this. Join me. My kids are going to need help. That's all I got for this episode. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless.